0: bless you. You know, when when Almighty God gave us a promise through the prophet Jeremiah saying, for I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts to give you a future and a hope. But what does a person do when they are in a situation where all hope has dissipated. They're in a situation that seems absolutely, completely hopeless. What do you do with that? Well, let's take a look at the life of the Apostle Peter and see what happened for him. Do you know who I'm talking about? The Apostle Peter? He was one of the original 12 apostles that were disciples of Jesus Christ. But he was also one of the inner circle. Peter, James, and John were an inner circle of three that Jesus used for special ministry moments. He would would take them to very special moments of ministry when he was healing someone. They were the ones that went with him to the top of the mountain of transfiguration. They were also the ones that on the night of Jesus' betrayal, he said to them, I am in agony, I I want to go to prayer. And he took them aside from the others and they were asked to join him in his prayer session as he sought the Lord that night of his betrayal. Peter was the one that confessed Jesus' true identity when Jesus was at Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're Jeremiah rose from the dead. Some say you're Elijah that has come back. And and, uh, Jesus then looked at them and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. who was also the apostle Peter that on the night of Jesus' betrayal said to him, Others may deny you, but I will never deny you. And the Lord Jesus Christ looked him straight in the eye and said to him, But, but Peter... Peter this night before the rooster crows two times you will deny me three times and then he, he he didn't he looked at Peter and said Simon Simon Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail and when you return to me strengthen your brethren now did you did you hear the hopelessness there Peter you're you're going to deny me you're going to deny me in fact in fact Satan has sought permission to sift you like wheat. Well, man, where's, where's hope in that? But Jesus didn't stop. But I've prayed for you. I've prayed for you. And when you return to me, there's the window of hope. When you return to me. But Jesus wasn't just giving hope to the apostle Peter. Jesus was giving hope to all. Of the disciples gathered there. Because when, when when Peter said, Boy, Lord, others may fail you, but but I'll never fail you. The others chimed in, Yeah, me too, me too, Lord. I, I'll never deny you. And Jesus is letting them know Ever, every one of you are going to fail me. But he says to Peter, When you return to me, strengthen your brethren. In other words, Peter, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna reach this point of hopelessness. But you're going to return to me. And when you do, I'm going to enable you to ministry to where you will be a source of strength and encouragement to others. It's not just about you. You're going to strengthen others. Wow. Wow. So later that that night, much later that night, after they had had this conversation, the disciples went with Jesus to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus, in his agony, asked the disciples, pray with me. And he takes Peter and James and John aside, and he goes to prayer. Three times Jesus goes to prayer that night, and all three times the disciples Though their, though their spirit is willing but their flesh is so weak Have you been there? Have you been there every one of us have been there where our spirit is willing but our flesh just is so weak and and that night they, they were so their spirit was so strong Jesus we'll stand with you we will we will watch with you we will guard with you and 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 we will never deny you. And now they're at this point when Jesus is in agony, knowing what he's about to face, and he he himself is dealing with his own weakness, the weakness of his own flesh, because he is 100% man, but he's 100% God. But at that moment, his, his flesh, the weakness of his human flesh, he is having to strengthen it. And the only way to strengthen it is through prayer. And Jesus is going through these agonies of prayer, praying so hard that even his sweat becomes great drops of blood. But the disciples are sleeping. Their flesh overtakes the willingness of their spirit. Jesus comes back, and as he comes back from his time of prayer, into the garden comes Judas leading those who are going to arrest him. And as they come to arrest Jesus, Peter rises up and he grabs his sword. And he's going to defend Jesus. And he lops off the ear of one of the men. Jesus reaches down, picks up the severed ear, immediately heals the man. That had to be startling. Just, just think about that moment. They've come to arrest this evil criminal, and he does a miracle. It's, it's, that, is such, that is such a dichotomy. I, I just love that. But as Peter watches Jesus heal the one who came to arrest him and then surrender to them, Peter and all the other disciples run in fear. Their flesh overtakes them, and they run in fear. Now, we're not told where the other ten went, but we do know what Peter did. Peter followed the throng, arresting Jesus, but at a distance. And when they get to the home of the high priest Caiaphas, he stays in the courtyard sitting around the fire with a bunch of the other people. And one of the servant women recognizes him and says, you you were one. You were one of his disciples. And, And Peter denies it. And in the distance, you can hear a rooster crow. So it must, by this time, be getting very close to dawn. And Peter, after denying it, and the rooster crowing, gets up, and he moves away from the fire, and he moves over to another, another portion of the courtyard. And the woman follows him because she must be very curious. And she goes, no, 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 you, you are one of his followers. And Peter adamantly denies that he is. And then others, others join in and go, yes, you, you must be one of his, because you, you, you have the accent of a Galilean you must be one of his followers and peter in his in his frustration and in his fear begins to curse and swear and deny i don't know that man i i don't know what you're talking about and even while he's speaking immediately the rooster crows again and jesus turns and looks at him and peter is humiliated the dust and in bitter agony he goes and weeps and as the evening breaks into dawn the high priest and the Sanhedrin the religious leaders they come to the to the decision that Jesus is guilty of blasphemy and worthy of execution. But they can't commit execution. That has to be done by the Roman governor. And so they lead Jesus from the home of Caiaphas, the high priest on Mount Zion, and they lead him over to the praetorium of Pilate the Roman governor. Peter's following in a distance. Agony filling his soul as he has failed. And as they get to the praetorium, they make their accusation against Jesus. And in making their accusation against Jesus, it's discovered that Jesus is from Nazareth. And he says, oh, is is he from Galilee? That's Herod's jurisdiction. And they send him to Herod. And and Peter, no doubt, follows in the distance as they take him to Herod. And then back to Pilate again to be judged. And as as he's standing there before Pilate, Peter in the distance is watching this whole thing going on. This whole, this whole, Thing just growing until finally Pilate brings him out and the people are crying, crucify him, crucify him. And finally Pilate gives in and they give the crowd Barabbas and sends Jesus to execution. And they send him to the flogging post and from the flogging post at the praetorium they take him to Golgotha and Peter is following in the distance, and he's watching in horror as they nailed Jesus to the cross and they raised the cross in the air. Peter, every ounce of hope is leaving him. And finally, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, all of this has been going on. Six hours has gone by now from the time that Jesus was nailed to the cross until finally he says, it is finished. At that moment, the most crushing spirit of hopelessness came over Peter. All the dreams. He, he, He must have remembered the time when on the Sea of Galilee, The storm was about to sink the boat, but Jesus commanded the storm, and the waves ceased, and the wind stopped blowing, and they arrived at the Gadarenes. He must have remembered the time when Jesus came walking on the water and said, Peter, come to me, and Peter got out, and he actually walked on water for a little bit. He he must have remembered the time When he went with Jesus in the inner sanctum, just he and James and John and watched Jesus raise the the little daughter from the dead. He he must have remembered being at the house of Zacchaeus when 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 that and, and and the that tax collector repented, and Jesus said, Salvation's come to this house today. And Lazarus raising from the dead. He must have remembered all of that and the dreams that they had, the, the hope that they had, but he had denied him. Have you ever denied Jesus? Maybe not verbally, but things just weren't going the way you had thought the way you had hoped it was like it was like everything had gone wrong and in your anxiety of that moment you just went well god if that's the way you're going to treat me you 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 got that diagnosis of cancer and in in your hopelessness you went God, why did you do this to me? And you stopped praying. You stopped reading the Bible. Someone of real importance to you that was a Christian hurt you, offended you. And you said, if that's the way Christians are, and you stopped going to church, you stopped reading your Bible, you stopped praying. In that moment of hopelessness, Everything that you had believed in and hoped in went crashing to your feet. And that's what happened to Peter. Let me, let me tell you another, another scenario that was going on at the same time. Well, Jesus was in agony in the garden, when, when, when Judas led the crowd to arrest him, When he's before the high priest in the Sanhedrin, he's before Pilate and Herod and back to Pilate. He's at the flogging post. He's hanging on the cross. While all of that is going on, Lucifer is dancing in hell. He is celebrating in hell. All the demons must have been celebrating with him. All the fallen angels must have been celebrating with him. Lucifer, since the time of the Garden of Eden had wanted to stop the arrival of the seed of woman. The one that God had said would crush his head. That was what Lucifer was doing on planet Earth before the flood when he was defiling the DNA of the human race to try and stop the seed of woman. That's what he was doing with the killing of all of the male Jewish babies By Egypt to stop the seed of woman. That's what he was doing in Bethlehem when he had all of the babies, two years old and younger, murdered. He was trying to stop the seed of woman, and yet every one of those he failed. But now, now, here is Jesus Christ, the seed of woman, and he has him prisoner in Sheol. Lucifer believes he has won. He has won. He has defeated the seed of woman, and he is dancing. He is celebrating. But early before dawn on Sunday morning, light comes crashing in to Sheol. And Jesus Christ comes to Lucifer and demands, Give me the keys. Can't can't you just just see Lucifer? Excuse me. Give me the keys. And Lucifer suddenly, shocked, And surprised, he has to reach into his desk drawer and take out the keys of death and hell and give them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus takes the keys and he walks across that great gulf. To the gates of hell. And he opens the gates and sticks his head in and says, I will see you at the great white throne judgment. And locks the gate. And then he goes back across the gulf. And he goes into Abraham's bosom or paradise. And he looks at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looks at Moses and David. And at Ruth and Esther. And he looks at Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the prophets. And yes, the thief that had hung beside him on the cross. And he says, follow me. And he opens the gates of the upper compartment of Sheol, and he leads them out of Sheol. And as they get up to ground level, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Abraham. Maybe it was David. I don't know who it was. But they asked. We haven't seen Jerusalem in a long time, Jesus. Can we have a few minutes and Jesus says, it's okay, I've got a meeting in the garden. And they're walking the streets of Jerusalem. And Jesus goes to the garden near the tomb where he had been buried. And he has a meeting there with Mary Magdalene. And he meets Mary and listen to his words. Mary, go tell Peter. Peter's got a great surprise. His moment of hopelessness is about to end with a great surprise. As Mary takes news to Peter, he's risen. The tomb is empty. He's risen. And Peter goes, no way. That's my vernacular, okay? No way. And John says, no way. And out the door they go, and they run all the way to the garden tomb. And they get there, and Peter stops, and he looks in. The kid John just runs right on in, and they see the tomb empty, and Jesus' grave clothes laying there, and the napkin that covered his face folded. And they go, he's risen. He's risen. He's risen. They go back to where the other disciples are. By the time they get back there, two men that had been in Emmaus had had a meal with Jesus. They had arrived, and they said, He's risen. We've met with him. We walked with him all the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and he told us, He's risen. Peter, He's risen. And about that time, Jesus steps into the room. And he says, you got anything to eat? Thomas, you said you wouldn't believe unless you could touch. Look, here's my hand. Put your your hand in my side. See, it's me. It's me. He has risen. He has risen. And all their hopelessness was dispelled because Jesus had risen. You've been battling with hopelessness. You have tried everything. You've gone to treatment centers. You've over and over said, this is the last time I'm going to take these pills. This is the last time. This is the last time. This is the last time I'm going to take meth. This is the last time I'm going to... And yet, to this day, prescription drugs, alcohol addiction to pornography, it, you, you, and you feel hopeless. You time and again, I, I am not going to get angry again. I, I, I'm going to stop being bitter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to conquer this depression. I'm going to conquer this worry. I'm going to conquer my anger. And, and you've tried and tried, and you feel hopeless And I'm saying to you today, in your hopelessness, you can have a wonderful surprise ending to your hopelessness. Because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. How is that possible? Your past and your present circumstances do not have to determine your future and your identity. Because the Scripture promises, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus, our Lord. I share with you the truth. Jesus Christ brings to you hope in the midst of your hopelessness. How, how, is that, how is that even possible? The apostle Paul told us in Romans chapter six, when he said this, what shall I say then? Shall, shall I continue in sin? Shall I continue in this hopeless situation? I've tried and I've tried, I can't conquer it. Do you remember the very next chapter? He says, Man, I I have this dilemma. The things that I have said, I'm not doing it again, are the very things I do. And the things that I have said, I'm not going to do that anymore, I'm going to start doing this. Those are the things I don't do. Is there any hope for this man? Is there any hope for me? Because the very things I want to do, I can't do. And the very things I want to stop doing, I can't stop the hopelessness of that situation. But he didn't stop there. He said, thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall I say then? Shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, being buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, That the body of sin might be destroyed. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now look at the promise he's giving to us. He is saying to you and I that that hopeless situation that we have, depression, anger, bitterness, Insecurity, low self-worth, rejection. Having been raped, having been molested. That, that background of, of drug addiction, alcoholism. All that, all that stuff that, that you just can't conquer. He has said to you and I, that was crucified with Jesus Christ on the cross. But it wasn't just crucified with him on the cross. It was buried with him. But when Jesus Christ walked out of that grave the third day, he was not wearing the old grave clothes. The old grave clothes were still in the grave. The napkin that covered his face was folded. It was still in the grave. Because when Jesus Christ walked out of that grave, your old life of sin remained in that grave to live no more. And you walked out in newness of life with him. And the day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can do that this Resurrection Sunday. You can do that while you're listening to this broadcast right now. Wherever you are, whether you are in the European continent, the African continent, and Asian continent, or somewhere in North America, South America, Canada, I am saying to you, the Lord Jesus Christ is with you right there. And he is prepared to give you resurrection life. If you will ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and come live in your heart and life, Jesus will forgive you of your sin And he will wipe away your sin. He'll wipe away all record of your sin. And he will declare you to be just as if you had never sinned and give you new life. And your old life, dead and buried, to live no more. And now you get to live by newness of life. Now watch what happens. In Romans chapter 8, it says, but if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that liveth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are no longer debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. What it's saying is the same Spirit that that went crashing into Sheol that day and gave power and brought Jesus out of the grave and brought Him to new life, It is the same spirit that lives in you and will give you resurrection life and now you can live by that life power and you're no longer obligated to live by the old person, by the old habits, by the old addictions. That's hope, hallelujah. That's hope. Resurrection life. So how do you do this? Well, watch this. Chapter 6, verse 11 says, Reckon you therefore yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is what you choose to do with your own volition. Do you choose to see yourself as the old person, that person that was raped, that person that was molested? Do you choose to see yourself by that lineage of family that's been alcoholic, 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 alcoholic? Do you choose to see yourself by that that person that was addicted to pornography or addicted to to narcotics or to prescription drugs? What what what, are you, what is the identity you're choosing to live by? See, it's your choice. You must choose to identify. That old person died with Jesus, is buried with Jesus. I'm now a new creation, and that person doesn't live anymore. I get to live by a whole new identity. I get to live by a whole new identity. I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ, and I choose to live by that identity. And when you make that choice to live by that new identity, the grace of Almighty God and the power of the Holy Spirit will enable you to live in newness of life. And what had been hopeless has a surprise ending. You get to live as a whole new creation. Two questions for you. One is, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If not, you can do that right now I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Or maybe you're one of those that I had talked about earlier. Because something came crashing down and your hope just crashed into nothingness and you denied the Lord. And it's time to come back to the Lord. It's time to come back to him and say, Jesus, Jesus. I recommit my life to you, and you'll be like the Apostle Peter. When Jesus met Peter, after his resurrection, he had a conversation with Peter. He, sitting around the fire, having a meal together, he looked at Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, I, I, I love you, Lord. Jesus said, feed my sheep. A little bit later, the Lord looked at Peter again and said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. A little bit later, a third time, Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter, by this time, Some of that old condemnation must have been coming back on him. He said, Lord, you you know I love you. But then inside he must have been saying, but I am so weak. I am so weak. Jesus said to him, Peter, feed my sheep. Jesus was giving Peter the hope that it was no longer a hopeless situation. Peter was stepping into a whole new life. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. And just a few days later, Peter received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and became a mighty prophet of Almighty God and carried the gospel as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ all over the Mediterranean area. Peter was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying to you, hopeless may be crashed at your feet. But I want you to know it's no longer hopeless. The Lord Jesus Christ that said to Peter, if you love me, rise up in the power of my spirit. I'm saying to you, Jesus is there waiting to restore you and give you the power of the Holy Spirit to love him and serve him in the midst of your hopelessness. You have a surprise ending. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the authority of Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray for that person that's listening to this broadcast that has never received you as Lord and Savior, that right now, Jesus, you would draw them to you. Holy Spirit, draw them to you. And join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ I acknowledge that you are my Lord and my Savior and I ask you to forgive me of my sin and I ask you to come live in my heart fill my life with your spirit right now Jesus and I receive you Lord And I thank you for coming into my heart and life. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I pray for that one that has been listening, that Lord, all hope just crashed at their feet. And in their feeling of hopelessness, they've denied you. But Lord God, they come back to you right now. They turn their face back to you, Jesus. And I know you're hearing their cry, Lord. I know you're hearing their cry as they cry out to you right now, Jesus, forgive me and restore me. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to fill them with their spirit, with with your spirit afresh and anew. Fill them with your spirit afresh and anew right now, Lord Jesus, and restore them, and I thank you, Lord. I know you are, and I give you praise, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, will you do something please? Will you write in the comments right now? If you if you've received Jesus for the first time, would you write in the comments I received Jesus for the first time. Just write in there first time. That's all you got to write. First time. And maybe you've come back to the Lord. Would you write recommitted. Recommitted. And I I want to correspond with you. I've got a Bible for you. I've got a a first-time study book for you that will help you take your first steps walking with Jesus, that will help you renew that walk with Jesus. And uh, for those of you that have walked with the Lord for a long time, I've got a, a, a study book, Discipleship 101, that will help you grow strong in your walk with the Lord. If you'd like a copy of that, if you just write Discipleship 101 in there, I will get you a copy of that so that you can strengthen your walk with the Lord. What a great day to worship on Resurrection Sunday with you. Would you stick around just a few more minutes? Pastor Jesse is going to come back. He's got some very important information for you to share with you. And so, Pastor Jesse, come. God bless you. been great to worship with you today. I look forward to reading your comments. God bless you. Pastor Jesse.
1: Thank you, Pastor Dean, for a powerful message This morning, I have a few announcements I'd like to make. Uh, Living Faith Church Pastors and our office staff are continuing to pray with you. If you have any prayer requests, please, right now, place them in the comments section during this broadcast. Or send a text to Pastor Wanda or Donna. Or you can email us at info at So please uh, ha- make some time right now to uh, give us those prayer requests. Thank you. Those prayer requests are shared with our pastoral and uh, our intercessors ministry team. Another thing is, if you want more access to uh, Dr. Dean's resources, follow his blog on fdeanhackett.com, or also his Twitter account, fdeenh, and not only that, but you can find his books on amazon.com. The Easter Egg Hunt, with 3,000 Easter eggs, that was planned for today, in Super Kids, For the children in the nursery ministries has been postponed until our great celebration Sunday. When we can all gather together again as a church family. Amen. Uh, That's going to be an amazing time. It's going to be an awesome day for the children and super kids. And also our adult worship and our full worship team will all be together. Amen. At the end of our Sunday morning worship, we're gonna have a Easter egg hunt on the lawn with all of the kids, with all the children, and 50 kids will have a chance to win an Easter basket. Amen. Not only that, but following that, we'll have a potluck dinner where we'll all be able to fellowship together as a church family. It's gonna be a great Time and I can't wait. Please remember to have your students join me for Fusion Online, Youth Group Online, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, you have to download the Zoom app if you haven't already. And also, Pastor Dean is doing Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m., going through the Book of Revelation. He gives out the meeting ID for Zoom, on Facebook, and also through text, so please look for that. Tithe and offering. Our ministry, or our missionary in Bosnia-Herzegovina, has shared that they are finding that Muslims are very open during this time of the COVID-19 crisis. Amen. Please continue to pray for them. Our work in Croatia also continues to go strong and move forward. There's been damage recently to the earthquake because of the earthquake, but there has been repairs already completed in the building. So amen to that. Uh, The work in Israel has been a challenge, but the they continue to reach out to new Jewish families who come into the country, to Israel. And we just want to thank you for your monthly t- support for our missions. It's vitally important and especially needed. Thank you for that. I just want to remind you that there's three easy ways that you can tithe and for mission offering. You can either mail to us through P.O. Box 310, Hermiston, Oregon, 97838. Or you can come and drop off your tithe at our church office Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Or go to our website at winacity.com. Look in the right-hand corner. There is a drop-down menu, and click on Give, and you could also set up an auto-draw. Again, we just want to thank you very much for worshiping with us uh, this morning and celebrating Easter Sunday with us, and we pray that you have a good rest of your Easter Sunday. Thank you, and God bless.